Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch right is this what this signifies it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important the champ is here we've touched down from a higher plane why you made it here we always look forward to that week because it was always intense you know that we ain't coming back we got to the man the myth the legend dante hall my 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 favorite player growing up was dante hall i love you guys still but dante was my guy get to dashing because you done on the war feet This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We're finally here. The top teams in college basketball have been determined, and the Final Four is set. Looking to wager on these games or the national championship? Head over to BetOnline.ag on your desktop or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey there, Marcus Dash here, co-host of Chief Concerns. At the conclusion of this episode, please make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast right here on YouTube. And for all you listeners out there, please be sure to give us a five-star review on any of the platforms you use to listen to us. I want to thank you all for listening to us throughout the season, and we look forward to engaging with you all throughout the offseason. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to Chief Concerns. I'm here with our host, former tight end Jason Dunn, and tonight we got a, a little fill-in for Eric. We got uh, former linebacker Sean Barber. Sean, how you doing, buddy? Man, blessed to be here. Always, always excited to get to chop it up with my man Jay Deasy, Jay Dunn, the Dungeon up, Master. Yes, sir. What's up, my brother? Uh, to be able to chop it up, obviously, Chief's concern. Let's do it, baby. Do it. Let's do it. Uh, and anybody who's tuned into our show knows we usually, you know, we 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 go over other topics before we get into uh, chief concerns. We should go with the the hot topic. Um, and I think pretty much this kind of been a beaten down topic this whole week since Sunday. But we'll, we'll touch on it a little bit. But uh, I just kind of want to get you guys' opinion on uh, the what happened at the Oscars between uh, Will Smith and and Chris Rock. So uh, everyone's got an opinion on it. There's somebody. There's somebody. Everyone's talking about it, and I, I just kind of want to hear what you guys have to say about this. I know our subscribers would love to hear what you all have to say about it. So, what's your opinion on on this entire uh, kind of this chaotic incident between the two guys? Man, I mean, on a personal level, I think it was something that obviously was a mountain made out of a molehill. Started over with some some jokes from back in 2016. It never got truly addressed. Um, some feelings got hurt, and things just kept going. Uh, I mean, when I look at the video, I man, I watch all aspects of it. I try to watch it from, you know, the filter of both sides. Um, the, the, the confusing part for me, just as a man, was there, there was a moment where um, Will Smith seems to be enjoying himself, enjoying, like, almost laughing along with the jokes until he recognizes that his wife feels hurt. And then his, you know, the, the chivalry, the, the, the manhood in him jumps up to... Protect his, his wife's 
uh, emotional state or feelings and everything. And there, there is no balance is never the answer. I don't. I, I know that there are some extreme reasons, and there's some, some things you feel hurt, and you feel like you got to lash out because whatever the reason. I, I am not a balance solves anything because it just leaves you. Um, it leaves you looking shallow. It leaves you look like you didn't have the intelligence of finding the words to battle this man on the word to word, especially when it was it was it was coming from a, a aspect of a, a comedian. It was coming of an aspect of he's trying to find some humor in what things people are feeling uh, sometimes hurt, alone, abandoned. Obviously, the conditioning. Um, I probably pronounced it wrong, but uh, alopecia. Alopecia. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something, yeah. Um, that that condition comes with some 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 serious side effects that have caused her to you know have to shave her head and um, prevent herself from going bald and stuff like that. But I uh, forget for, uh, to prevent the patches from showing. I just think, man, for, for 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 the listeners, I would say, imagine if it wasn't a black man slapping a black man. Imagine if it was a white man slapping a black man, or if it was a black man slapping a white man or white woman slapping a black, like if you change any of the, 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 the racial or the gender um, dynamics of that, it gets real, real tricky. It, and it's a lot of, it's a lot more than just, man, Will, what were you doing, man? Like, like why did you go there? Uh, but I do think that at that moment, Chris Rock showed himself to be the bigger man. He composed himself, went on with the show. I didn't charge, didn't formally make any charges, came out with an apology directed to Will and Jada the next day, um, said he's going to grow and learn from the experience. So, I mean, sometimes you got to, you got to dig deep and reach some, some real lows before you find some growth. And maybe that, maybe, you know, in the, in the long run, they both, um, you know, find a, 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 you know, some, some growth in this, this opportunity, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't condone violence um, in any, in any way. Yeah, so I, I had to agree with uh, the shop on this one for sure. Um, I think the uh, the act of walking up and striking uh, Chris Rock was uh, was absurd. Thought it was ridiculous. It was uh, unnecessary, um, and it, it made him look uh, like he was a troubled man, which I think he is. I think I think there's a deeper issue that's going on with Will. Uh, of course, with the pressure just for the night. Uh, but I think it stems away from like some of the things that happened with the red table, right? That some people that can like shop um, kind of reference to 2016 and what Chris Rock said about Jada. Uh, and then, of course, the, the red table with, you know, the whole how their family is is portrayed in the media and whatnot. And so I think there's a lot of there's a deeper issue and hurt there with Will. Uh, but like you said, violence is not the answer. And I, I actually. Uh, I, I thought it was uh, uh, tasteless. Uh, and I think Chris uh, showing restraint in that moment, not to hit Will back um, was, was, was important, but I'm not going to absolve Chris from what he said about Jada. And I don't think we can, but I don't think he understood what his condition from what I understand. He didn't know what her, her condition was, uh, but still there's, there, there's a, there's a fine line as far as like what comedians have to kind of, kind of walk, right? Uh, is, is, are you being, you know, a little bit too offensive with people's personal business and what they say, right? That, I think it's, that's part of what you have to uh, engage, especially on stage with the audience, 
And so uh, we know jokes are going to be thrown at, at the Oscars and all these reward shows, uh, but nobody likes to be the butt of the jokes and, and nobody's expense. I think if Will had actually stood up and told Chris, and I think Will missed the moment to say, hey, listen, keep my wife's name down your mouth. She's dealing with this right here. He could have brought awareness to it. It could have been, a, you know, a number of things he could have done differently, right? But in the moment, I think it was just, uh, it was impulsive. It was an impulsive move that was more emotional than anything else, right? Um, and so when you kind of see the, the interaction, him walking up, striking Chris, Chris is like, wait a minute, what just happened? Him walking back. Um, I get the chivalry part, right? He wants to protect his wife. But like you said, Chop, look, she wasn't threatened physically in anything. What was said, he could have, you know, at least brought him behind stage or addressed him right then. I think it could have been, you know, kind of tamed and went on about, right? It, it would have been no, everybody, I think, would understand, like, yeah, you know, she's dealing with, you know, alopecia, right? Has some respect and concern about that. And I think he just missed a moment. I think he was just caught up in it. And so uh, made him look bad. I, I like Chris coming out immediately saying, hey, look, I, I understand my part in this. And when I, I apologize for what I said, and I shouldn't have said, I should have known this. Uh, and I understand that, you know, as a comedian, I had to kind of walk this, this this fine line. I think Will's apology kind of came late to me, it just personally. Uh, it kind of fell on, 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 you know, deaf ears. And it's going to take me some time to kind of like, hey, man. But I understand there's a struggle there. I, I think we all see it. So um, trying to afford people grace in these moments uh, I, I think what we all need to do, I, I heard people refer to, to Will as a thug and all of these different things and whatnot. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. But sometimes your character, sometimes it shows in those moments, uh, shows the weakness that you have, that so, all of us have. Right. And so he's no different. And that's the thing. I think that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is where we put people on pedestals because of what they do, that we kind of absolve them from, from some of the uh, uh, the blame. And I think when people stood up when he made, uh, when he got the Oscar, which he should have gotten, he should have gotten that. But I think it was, it was kind of solid with, with what he did. Uh, but that, that's, that's pretty much what I'm going to say, man. But I think hopefully they'll be able to, 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 to hash this together. I think they need to do something where they're coming together more than just once in a statement. I think they need to be seen together, hugging, and coming to grips and reconciliation. I think it's going to be better, just optics, as opposed to just putting out a, a statement. I don't like certain statements. I, I just don't like. I think it's, you know, a publicist that's writing it and then, hey, you know what? I'm going to leave it alone. And I, I don't think it's, you, you shouldn't do that. You know, as, as men, we should have this conversation where we should be able to talk. And the thing is, you know, they was friends. They know each other. And I don't believe Will would have went up and did it to anybody else other than uh, maybe Chris, because you know, I think Chris was going to react in the way that he did. And he was right. So, yeah, yeah. The the, the two, I, I believe, Chris Rock starts a stand up comedy tour tonight in Cleveland, Ohio. Apparently, the ticket prices went from like forty dollars store to like four hundred dollars. So he might have some jokes in there from from well, what happened on Sunday. And then the uh, the Academy is apparently looking into punishing Will Smith. Uh, reports came out a little while ago that said that uh, they actually asked him to leave after he had thrown that punch. 
Um, and he, he said, no, I'm not leaving. Um, and then he ended up getting the award about half an hour later. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but this is something I, I wanted to get you guys to comment on just because everyone, everyone, their mother is talking about this one. So I just wanted to get you well, guys. Well, Marcus, I can tell you one thing to the listeners. Um, and I learned this after playing. So I, I know people say, well, how do you two football players talking about don't react in violence when that's all y'all do? It's a purpose. What we did on that field between the white lines, it, it, right. it's, it's not to be taken outside of that, that venue. But the way I reach my kids and what I teach my kids is there's a method. If you consider yourselves a star, you want to be and you want to be able to shine. It's a star method. Stop, think, anticipate and then respond. Don't react. Don't let life put pitch curveballs at you and have you all out front of it looking silly. So just stop for a moment. Think about what happened. Anticipate what are some of the reactions and responses and consequences to your actions and then respond to life. But don't don't just react to it. Your natural reaction is most of the time gonna be wrong. But just take time to think about it, process it, and make sure you come with the response that's really um in your best interest. So that star method is what I've been trying to teach young kids. That's a great lesson right there. Pretty wonderful. And I, I think in general, whether you play football or not, that's that, that's a good takeaway and lesson to take home with you no matter no matter what you do, really. Yeah. Well the, the the reality is, you know how many times we get challenged out there? <laughs> <laughs> and how many times you really want to just, you, you know, really, it, it, it takes restraint. Because sometimes, man, you just want to, you know, ball the joke up. Ah, uh-huh. you, like what you say? And, you know, uh, I, I agree with you, Shot. So, I believe me, I've, I've restrained myself plenty of times. Plenty of times. Now, J.D., are we yeah. going to tell them what the uh, security, the, the security guy for the uh, Philadelphia used to tell us? What's uh, that, so I got to I got to Philadelphia. My first year there was in 03, uh, 02. Oh, Butchie. You talking about Butchie? Butchie. Yeah. Butchie. He's having so before every year, Butchie has a meeting with all the players. He's all right, man. This is this is your security briefing for the year. When you're in the clubs in Philadelphia, and it's gonna be this little guy about five foot who wants to uh, show off to his girlfriend, and he he looking at you across the bar saying, "Hey, I'm gonna go punch this football player. I'm gonna go pick a fight with this guy because I love you, girl." He said, when that guy come over there and he all drunk and he poking you in the chest and he trying to tell you all y'all lost the game, you cost the money. He said, I want you to find the, the camera. He said, every club is a camera behind the bar. Find the camera, look up in the camera and say, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. I don't have a problem. And he says, after your third step back, you cock back and you give it everything you got to knock him cold out. Knock him out. One punch. That's all you get. And then you walk away. He says, because as long as you got it on camera, that you didn't want to fight, and mm-hmm. they see that the guys provoking you, you got one punch. He said, you better lay them out, though. Did that, did oh, that ever Was there any stories that happened? Like, did anything ever happen like that in Philly? Oh, yeah. I'm sure guys, yeah, I, I'm sure guys are like, well, I, look, I, I, I'm I sorry, free. I'm human. I, I I had to let it go then, you know. I I, I can only take so much. And look, everybody got everybody's got a breaking point, right? We don't quite know what everybody's going on in their life, but you, if, if I would err on the side, you know, of, of course, of not doing anything. But I, I look, my my dad always told me, my parents, look, you you fine. Don't let no, but somebody touch you. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Right. That's it. You yeah. can say all you want. All this, all you can, you can talk all you want. The yeah. Second, you make contact with me. It's on. That's it. Like that's it. That's the. That, yeah. That's the way you violated my. my you now you are now touching my character, my integrity. All yeah. these things coming to a pad now like this. I feel threatened. I don't know what you got. I don't know if you're carrying something. 
So I got to end this. I got to end it so that none of us get hurt for real. Because you <laughs> yeah. might got a knife or gun or something. So once you touch me, I, I got to find the fastest way to end uh, uh, the resolution to this altercation might be me hitting you and you hitting the flow. Right. As my oldest brother used to always say, he said, man, I'm going to give you the worst 30 seconds of your life. <laughs> I'm like, golly. <laughs> Man, we some we hey, hey man, JD, we some God fearing folks though, man. We we patient. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, yes, sir. I, I, don't, I don't wish no bad or no harm on nobody. No, no, you no. ain't gonna mess with mine. Like right. you better just you, when you see if somebody last name Barber, you better just let that one ride. You better just go ahead and find another person because that ain't this ain't the one. This ain't this ain't the family you want to come uh, <laughs> picking and prodding, uh, proving your proving your worth. Messing with one of these Barber kids, so that's right. Well, and just going to show you that how much restraint Chris Rock had in that moment on TV, you know, yes. getting hit in the face in front of millions, tens of millions of people. I mean, that's, and there, there was the one moment where you, that there's like a still of him. You could see he like kind of like cocks his, like, he kind of clutches up his fist and he, he does this, but then he kind of like backs off. And mm-hmm. then before he moves on to the next category, he goes, I could. And we're like, ooh, you know, yeah, right. He's like, ooh. Oh, uh, I could. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to go into like a, a roast mode. He probably, he probably could. He probably has so much material. <laughs> Shoot, he, hey man, he, he kind of balled his fist for a second. Like he's, you know, he might have really retaliated, swing back. Yeah, he, he might be 150 pounds, and he, like I said, he might have might have swung on wheel. But you know, at least you know he's there, man. But yeah, we don't we, we don't condone the violence, man. We we look, we want people to come in together, man, and have a conversation and talk and be bigger people. That's mm-hmm. what we want, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, amen. All right, well, well, enough of the Will Smith talk. I know uh, our viewers probably, you know, have heard so much of that this week, but I, we had to get you guys uh, to talk about this. But um, all right, so going to the Chiefs. So last week, our first topic tonight, um, it was kind of a bit. It was it was a big week. We you know we traded Tyreek Hill for five picks, uh, but we ended up getting some guys after the show. So we had we had the Tyreek Hill topic last week, and then we ended up getting the next day. We got Marquez uh, Valdez Scantling, MVS. Uh, and then a couple of days later, we ended up getting Ronald Jones, aka Rojo, uh, to be in the running back room. So with these two pickups that we had, I kind of had to get your guys' opinion on this. So what do you guys think of bringing in big body and fast receiver and MVS, and then bringing in uh, Ronald Jones um, to the running back room? What do you guys think about these uh, two additions to the offense? JD, you the offensive guy, so I'm going to go okay. ahead and your honors. All right. So I, you know what? I think uh, I was a little suspect on the move in itself. Uh, and, and my thing was, my sentiment was, you had to get the right guy here, okay? And where we was looking before Tyreek had left, you're a number two receiver. And so when Tyreek leaves, which leaves a, a tremendous void, you just can't replace a guy like that, what he can do. Um, we go get MVS, and he's a he's, he's a speed guy, no no doubt about it. He's, he's got burners. Uh, that's one thing he can do. He can, he can absolutely stretch the defense, and he's fast, and he's lanky. Uh, so he'll give us that element of, of the game. Uh, I, I, to me, when you look at his production over the years up there in Green Bay, it doesn't warrant maybe like a, a number one receiver. And I think that's the reason why we are still looking at, you know, for the guys. We're still, you know, looking at maybe even the draft or even now talking about getting a number one receiver here because I think MBS has a skill set and he'll he'll do that incredibly well right with the speed uh but i, I and we, we've had this conversation kind of off you know off the uh the podcast talking about his hands how reliable is his hands 
is the reason why he wouldn't get a lot of the catches and maybe some of the targets is because maybe Aaron Rodgers wasn't as confident in his hands as people thought he was. And I just, from me watching him over the years since he's been there, I've seen some, some, some bad drops by him, some wide open drops by this guy, some deep ones. Uh, and I'm not saying that he doesn't have good hands. I'm just saying to me, that was kind of a cause for concern. Uh, maybe in this offense, when you have, you go from Aaron Rodgers to now Patrick Mahomes, which arguably the two best quarterbacks played like during this time, uh, that now where you don't have a Devontae Adam, he'll start getting a little bit more looks, right? And maybe he can, you know, showcase a little bit more of his talent. And I'm, I'm all here for it. I'm here. Hey, man, you know what? You came here. You signed the, the deal. I'm on your team right now. That's how it works with me. And so. Uh, I wish him the best. I hope he comes in and I hope he just absolutely lights it up. I hope he lights it up. Because so I'll come on here and say, hey, man, look, my, part of my reluctance on when I thought about this guy was just that from what I've seen up in Green Bay. And I think in the in the order of things, how they ran their offense, uh, he was kind of more like the third or fourth option, it, at least to me, he was. So, uh, I think right now it was a good move as far as like what we had to do. Like I said, I think we want to do more. But uh, welcome to Kansas City, MVS. I think he's going to fit in well with what Andy wants for him because Andy's always looking for fast guys. Uh, and so he'll 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 definitely they'll they'll utilize him the way that uh, uh, you know be enemy and all those guys can can get him going. So I'm all here for it, man. I'm all here for it. I, I think he has the ability to take the top off of defense. Um, that's going to just open things um, again. Um, for Kelsey, uh, you know, he commands uh, so much attention in the middle of the field. And uh, when, you, when you got somebody, you know, streaking down that middle third or down the sideline, just drifting and pulling the attention from these safeties, uh, we, we know how much we've seen the two-high shell here in Kansas City. That's been the way, you know, people have dropped eight in the coverage to try to cover us. Uh, but when you have deep threats, you don't have Nicole going deep, you have MVS going deep, both of those guys will be able to man um, – um, you know, two, three eyes, two, three pairs of eyes on him. And then you got Kelsey, the man in the middle of the field between the hashes and uh, and, um, and then allowing Juju to be Juju. And so I, I love the sign of MVS because I think it just it allows Juju to know he's coming here and not having to try to replace um, all of those um, dynamic things that Cheetah did. Um, now he knows he can come in and be almost a, a, a accessory to Kelsey I'm um, just in a wide receiver form. I mean, did I mean Juju in the slot, 25 years old. If he was doing that, what he was doing with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, imagine when those passes are, are, are within stride or on stride, what he'll be able to do it after the, after the catch. So, um, and then we talk. You know, you call Rojo. I, I I can't. I'm not gonna be able to call the man Rojo. That sounds too much like Flojo. Uh, I'm an old. I, yeah, I'm an old head. So. Florence, Florence joined it. I mean, that was the lady back in the day with the long nails and all that. Yes, I mean, sir. Run down that track. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, but but I, I heard him coming to town. It was almost a no-brainer once you found out that uh, him and Pat had the same agent. That that was that was kind of the the, the deal closer. Um, obviously, any running back coming out the backfield, um, knowing that you know as far as far as what we needed here in Kansas City was somebody that can move the chains, a first and down threat. You know, uh, being able to get behind. Uh, we, we signed the fullback, um, and so he's going to have a, a, a nice big number 45 in front of him to lead runs. Uh, but, you know, the one thing he didn't do have to do a lot in, in Tampa Bay was catch the ball. 
And so um, keeping CEH um, here to be able to be a third down back option, taking some of that wear and tear off CEH, make him fresher, here to last throughout the whole season. And that was the one thing at LSU most people knew about Clyde. Um, that was hilarious that he was always a, a dual threat back. It was, it was, it was multiple backs always there um, his whole time at LSU. So it was that when he gets to the league, would he be able to take the full load? And he's been bit by the injury bug both years. So I, I now you take some of that first and second down load off him, let, let, let Rojo or Ronald Jones take care of that, those first primary downs um, and then let Clyde getting there for that third down package. I think that everybody gets a little bit more explosive um, losing Cheetah, man, that's going to that's gonna be a, a major loss. But I think there is a little bit of addition by subtraction. Um, I, I think when you have a, a weapon like Cheetah, it's almost – it would be stupid not to use them. It's, 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 almost, in, it's almost unintelligent not to design uh, 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 almost 20 touches for this guy uh, to get the ball. And so when you, when you take that out and now you look at a defense, you know, now who are you going to cover? Now who are you going to guard? Um, you single up Juju. I, I think he's a he's a dominant. He's still a dominant receiver. Be able to beat anybody in the slot. You got to you got to put something more than just a safety, a linebacker on Kelsey. Um, and then Clyde Alaire has shown when he's out in the flat, out in space. Um, you don't really want to have a linebacker one on one against him. Um, and then we haven't even talked about Miko. Miko ended up the season last few games in the playoffs, really coming into his own. And so I think if they can expand on that Miko Hardman package. Uh, sprinkling enough, you know, first down catches by Juju and uh, Kelsey. And then in the red zone, I think everybody comes alive for the Chiefs. I don't think our offense, when it comes to points per game, are going to take as far back a jump as most people think. Uh, I'll tell you what, and, and Sean, what I'm, I'm hearing is, I think what we have to kind of embrace, man, is, is wrapping our head around that this offense is going to look different, right? It's going to look a lot different what it has been with Tita's presence being gone, right? And and, and what I what I've seen, you know, just kind of looking over this, this past past week and a half of the throws that Patrick was able to you know extend with his legs, that the guy that he was looking for because he knew it was going to be open was Cheetah. He knew he could throw that ball deep, and Cheetah because he Cheetah knew what area he was going to be in and whatnot was was able to burn a lot of defenses up, and so. Mm-hmm. I think now because we have a, 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 a kind of restructured line, you know, O line, it's a lot better what it has been in the past few years. Uh, that now, where you said they're not necessarily running that too high shell, uh, you're not necessarily going to be traditional. You're still going to stretch the defense horizontally. The thing is, our defenses, and maybe you could answer this, our defenses feeling that this offense is going to be as dangerous as it used to be, right? And, and, and look, I get you can still get, you know, um, you know, significant yards. Right. Mm-hmm. The thing is, do the significant yards still come in the passing game like it used to? Or I think the addition with Ronald Jones coming in, you have to say, hey, look, we brought this guy in for a reason. So now we have to lean up on the running game a little bit more than what we, we, we had to. But I'm, I'm going I'm to ask you from your perspective as a defensive guy. What do you feel like now since that deep threat, too high shell, that a guy that came in could do everything as far as speed-wise, skill-wise, just make everybody look silly? I'm talking about the best athletes in the world look like they're running the quicksand. What now would you say defensively? How would you necessarily play the Chiefs? 
I've always thought it was very hard to play the Chiefs because, first of all, Pat Mahomes has a scramble ability. It was always just untapped. When he started, you know, even um, uh, open up the game against the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs, it wasn't the arm. It wasn't our running game. It was Patrick Mahomes scrambling the ball for that first drive mm-hmm. to, to, to kind of match the intensity that Buffalo was. They was going back and forth, blow for blow. But throughout the entire game, the one facet that the Buffalo defense could never figure out was Patrick's legs. Um, and that goes back to the even uh, the year before with the Tennessee Titans game uh, for that scramble that led to that touchdown. Um, so every 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 playoff run, every postseason run, uh, it always it ends up coming down to Pat Mahomes using his legs to try to force a defense out of what they had planned on do against us as far as keeping us from challenging them vertical down the field. Um, to take advantage of when they drop eight. Um, then now the, the unique thing is defenses started to do, and you talk about Cincinnati specifically, is instead of just dropping eight and allowing guys to come full bore at Pat, it was almost like a catch and react with the other three. No one came full speed. It was almost like we're okay you spending five, ten, however long it takes you to stick, sit in that pocket, but we're just not going to give you anywhere to throw it, and we're just going to – Wait until one of these defenses players seep in, and then we got a, a guy playing a little spy who's going to come and try to yep. clean you up. Yep. Um, and that seemed to be the defense. They played the majority of the second half and just continuously caused us problems, um, forced some turnovers, and it's left, left a lot of questions because it's such a unique type defense. You don't see it that often. Um, going back to what we've done now, we're taking out that amazing vertical pressure uh, that we've been able to give um, defenses all this time, it should make defenses resort back to more traditional style defenses. Um, and I think that's going to actually get be a breath of fresh air for our offensive staff to see, you know, the, the normal sets, the, the normal things you prepare for all season long and not to see this unicorn style defense every time um, you're playing because everybody is so in, in fear of this uh, vertical threat called the cheetah. Um, so I, I think a lot of things so we'll come back as far as what defense we face for the Chiefs. Uh, like I said, I think the one the one thing you're going to see in our in our offense, um, I think the scoring is going to be uh, a tad bit less. But I think our time of possession, first downs, those are some of the statistics I think that's going to go up this year, and it's going to lead us to a, a, a greater margin of victory. Um, when you talk about game by game, um, you know when is the game kind of in hand? up by 17, up by 14 with, you know, 10 minutes left. I think you're going to find us in those type of scenarios more often um, because we're not going to have to rely on that deep ball, big play moment as much. Um, and like you said, it'll cut down the scoring a little bit, but I think we'll be, uh, be in control of games uh, more often than that. See, and, and I, I think with with, with that, uh, and Marcus, I, you know, you, you chime in on it, but when you look at kind of how in the past – few years that was what the chiefs was offensively can do they can strike fast and quick right mm-hmm. so now that element is gone so now that it's kind of now hey wait a minute hold on we we do have to have more consistent drive phase and not make turnovers it don't have to be the silly plays and we have to get first downs here uh and then like you said playing that traditional defense uh because i'm just looking at it man if like this is say cheetah was here and we had the move you know we wanted to keep him here the money he he Everything works out that way. Even if you're bringing a guy like Ronald Jones in, right, where you still – defense still had to change, play the, 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 the 
too high, too shell. Ronald Jones is still eat him up in the run game. Now you now you have an element like, look, now, now we're really stretching you out, okay? Because we have a guy, I'm not saying the CH is not capable, but now you have a guy that you can definitely uh, change your pace, can run between the tackles a little bit, uh, you know, more of a, a bruiser, tougher runner, you know what I mean? He, he, he has that about him. Uh, and so when I'm thinking, if, you know, if we get behind in the game, everybody's going to be looking, okay, where's, where's Cheat at? So is, is McCurley, is he going to be the guy that now all of a sudden it's going to be a quick strike? Is he going to still be that guy? You know, you know Kelsey's still going to rule him little, regardless of what he, you know, that's that's not going to, I don't think he'd be saying it's going to affect what Kelsey's production is going to be at all, right? I mean, that, that's he's, he's still going to be the dominant force he is. But when we're looking at, at certain scenarios where you may be behind, okay, now we're down. Because when you're down 14 points or something, it, it wasn't anything. They just look at each other like, okay, yeah, they, that's nothing. Boom, cheetah, touchdown, right? We back in the game. It was like, oh, shoot, that, that was easy. Mm-hmm. Now, it may not necessarily be that easy. I can still, I get still sustaining drives, but kind of in my head, we still looking like, okay, you know, are these guys still going to be able to do it? Which I think we do. I, I think we got a great cast. Like you said, Juju is going to come, you know, on his own. He's going to do a great job. Harvey's going to do a good job. You know, uh, MVS is going to do a good job. You know, Gordon, my guy, I said, you know, Gordon's, you know, he's in the room. So I think those things do help. Um, I, I just think we just got to wrap our head around because these things going to look a little bit different. Ain't what we've seen in these past few years, right? It's like, oh, man, that's is. So and I guarantee, I guarantee in every situation, somebody was like, well, I, I wish we had Cheetah. Shoot, Tyreek put that one. <laughs> Yeah. I bet time we can get that one on, you know. So, yeah. well, I think I mean, but also you got to look at it from a financial standpoint. If you if you tell me, hey man, uh, do we want Cheetah for thirty million this year, or do we want uh, MVS and Juju for a combined thirteen? Uh, be able to go out and have money to pay for Ronald Jones as a starting running back, and have enough money to probably resign Melvin Ingram at the seven eight million dollar. You want those four players, or do you want Cheetah at thirty million? Yeah. I think just from a, from a from a football mind, I think we, we we understand that like you can't invest so much in a player that if that player twists the ankle, pull a hamstring, get a soft, you know, like like that, man, you can't have thirty million sitting on your bench. You can't have thirty million in the locker room uh, with cramps. Um, for, yeah. for that for that kind of price tag, <laughs> if that guy is not on the field. Think about which what, what kind of resources you got left to go throughout the rest of the team. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like you playing the game with, your, with one arm behind your back if he's not on the field. And so I just think when you, when you think about how much resources that one player soaks up and how that can be spread to improve so many different factors of your squad, not only on offense, but on the defense side of the ball, um, we, we understand there's multiple phases of this game. And uh, you can you can try to go out there and, and, just, and, and just keep bringing up the scoreboard but, uh, I mean, sometimes you got to have that defense that has the capability of getting to that quarterback, stopping the run, uh, making some plays in that secondary. So, I think, the, the like we said, the, the addition from subtraction, yeah, we subtract che- Cheetah, but the additions we're able to make to this team with that $30 million, I think are going to outweigh uh, what, what what he pr- produced and what he provided on the field as far as the offense. It's a great point. Because you could get the Bugatti or you want, you know, a couple of, of Porsches and, you know. Uh, yeah. Lamborghini, yeah. you know, some things here. So, 
go longer with your money. And that's a great point on looking at it. The thing is, hopefully it comes to fruition, right? Sounds great. Sounds good on paper. So it's like, hey, hey we got all of this. Now it's all about, you know, producing, you know, that fruit, right? It's got to happen. And you got to go back to work, man. You know, like, listen, you know, there's a comfort level. You got Kelsey, you got Cheetah, you got Pat. You can't tell me that that rest of that offense always goes to training camp with that edge. How am I going to get better? How am I? Because you know, like, all right, those three players are going to pretty much be 50 to 60% of our offense. And mm-hmm. I mean, the rest of us are going to do what? We're going to split up you know, 10, 10 targets at the most. Right, right. Some carries. I mean, so now without that, that cheetah factor, I think it does bring that, that that edge back to the training camp. Like you said, that excitement of, all right, now how are we going to re, uh, redefine ourselves? What is the energy about this team going to be? Now we got the capability of running downhill. We had this this young offensive line, all rookies. Now they kind of they proved that they they like to motivate a little bit. They like they like to get after. They like to get a little yeah. bit. You know, they like to get dirty a little bit. So I like yeah. I like what I'm seeing from Trey Smith. All right, he plays with that little mm-hmm. nasty edge and stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, 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 you know, Creed. Those guys they they're not out there playing like no no timid rookies. Right. They playing at a high level. And so if you if you can put the ball behind those guys and move the chains a little bit. Kelsey, you know, hey, man, uh, listen, man, Father Time is, is undefeated. You got to give us one more good one, bro. You got to <laughs> somehow yeah. Yeah, give us right, one right. more good one. Uh, just keep keep taking that, that Hall of Fame uh, resume and add another season to it. Mm-hmm. And then let these young guys just grow up and, and share that, you know. And Andy does a great job of sharing the will. Everybody knows his offense is a very mm-hmm. – let's just turn the page. We got a, we got a Kelsey page. Then we got a Tariq Hill. No more. We ripped that one out. We got a – Rico Hardman page. Now we got a Clyde Alaire page and a Rojo page, MVS page. So, so we got this different phases of this offense, and he's been a, a mastermind almost over the last few seasons of finding out, depending on what you do defensively, how you make adjustments to their shifts and motions, of which phase of that offense um, he needs to dial up. Um, and so I, I got a, I just got, I just got so much belief in what Andy does on the offensive side of the ball. And then the beautiful thing about the Chiefs, we, t- we said something about the offense. Who did they lose on their offensive staff? They gained Nagy back. Dang. Yeah, they got Nagy. They yeah. still got That's Andy Hack. They still got G. Lou. They still yeah. got the enemy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, that's the one part of this team that no one ever – it goes untouched for season after season after season. And that's, to me, one of the, the keys of victory as far as this team is concerned, why they stay so prepared and so ready. Because everybody else is getting – custom to a coach for the first half of the season. Right. Not the right. Chiefs. They've been hearing that same voice and that headset. So um, now we did lose uh, 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 to the – he went to the Giants, the, the quarterback coach. Kafka. Um, Kafka, yeah, we lost him. Yeah. But, uh, but you got Nagy, you know, though. Yeah. yeah I mean, right. I, I kind of think that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> I think that's a win right there. Right. So – I, I I don't know. Offensively, I think, like I said, I think at the end of the day, the offense is going to be just fine uh, by the right. time week one come, and uh, it, it might even actually be stronger at the end of the year. Yeah, it's a good point. What you said, it, it's going to be an exciting in a different kind of way. You know, last year was exciting, or past years have been exciting because you know, you know, three play drives, bomb the Tyreek, you know, stuff like that. It's going to be exciting and to see how it changes com- compared to what we're used to. Um, and I know last year, JD on the show, you mentioned it multiple times and watching games. It's like a lot of our play calling didn't make any sense. We were doing play actions when we would go drives without running the ball. 
I think yeah. now we're going to have the, the running back to run the ball with, and then we can do play, that play action game will open up again. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, stuff like that's going to, going to happen again. We haven't really seen that work in a really long time. So that'll be, that'll be fun to see again. It yeah. drove me and JD crazy seeing somebody run an RPO without running. Like what do we do? This RPO. Yeah. Like, but you got to run it sometimes. You don't ever run it. It's all, like they just playing pass. Nobody respecting that run. None. Yeah. No threat. Zero. No threat. And you guys think uh, day one, because uh, Andy Reid said this week that uh, he thinks he said Ronald Jones will play a major role in our offense. You guys think he, he's going to be a starting running back? And then uh, uh, CH will be the third down back? I, look, I think I think they make it work. I think, you know, bringing him in, you know, you have conversations with CEH and saying, look, man, this, this is kind of the direction we're going, right? And competition is good. And so, look, it, whatever, whoever's out there eating right now who's doing well, it's going to get, you know, it's going to run the rock. But, you know, the thing is, both you guys got to be able to carry the load. And so CH is going to have, like like Shop said, look, he catches the ball well out the backfield. He, he really does. And so Ronald Jones could be the one in between the tackles. And like I said, man, I played back in the day when you had, the, you know, thunder and lightning. And when you have something like that throwing it to defenses, it's like, okay, well, this guy's going to catch the football. Well, no, now all of a sudden you hand it off to CH, right? That's what you do. And so hopefully – you know, when you when you have that type of uh, diversity, you know, those guys like Sean was just talking about everybody. I, I'm just seeing them right now just in the offense room, just having a ball. They, man, he's always putting everything up on, on board. Man, we got this. We can do this now. And, and so that's that's going to be a good thing. That's that's a great problem to have. But I think CEH understanding, look, this thing right here is about business. And right now, if anything, I can't go in the tank. I got to let this motivate me. I got to now. I got to come out here and show what I can do. I got to be on the field. So Ronald, when he comes in, just support each other. And I think with the enemy being that guy, you know, who understands playing the NFL, like, look, man, this is all part of business. We trying to win. We ain't trying to look. We ain't trying to placate to everybody's emotions on these things. Ain't it what it's about? We did that. We kept cheating here, right? So we ain't doing that. So I think uh, with with these that dynamic, uh, Ch is going to understand. He, he will. He's a young guy, so he'll get it. He'll get it. Yeah, I don't. I, it's nothing I've ever seen from Clyde Hilaire um, that makes me feel like he's somebody that gets his, you know, feelings hurt and gets an emotional. Like he's a ball player. He's a dog. He he's, he comes out and works hard. I think that's why everybody in the locker room loves him. I mean, I think he sees, you know, Rojo coming in and kind of replacing, you know, maybe you know the, the Daryl Williams role. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the Chiefs never had a. First and second down only back. They never had a, just the third down back like a lot of offenses had. I mean, you played a series. You played two series. Um, when you hot, you stay in. Uh, when you run a long route or you run a long uh, run and get tackled, the other guy comes in, tags you out, and then he goes as hard as he can until, until he gets tired. So um, it, it's never been that traditional uh, uh, only first, only second down back, and then every third down another guy comes in as a package. I never saw this offense run that way, um, even when they had um, uh, Hunt, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and those guys. It, it, it wasn't it wasn't run that way. So um, I think both of the guys. You, you learn everything. You learn the package. You learn the protection. You always got to protect. You, you, you know that you ain't gonna touch the field if you don't know how to protect Pat. Sorry, so if right. you don't know the protection, that, that you will be on the bench that way. Uh, but as long as you run hard, ball security. That's something you know here in the Kansas City. A ball security from the running backs is important. And then you just got to stay stay true and be a hard, tough, tough nose runner. 
uh, with yeah. the balls in your hand. So I think EB respects that, and that's how you earn your, your playing time. Yeah, and I think going forward, there's a report a couple days ago saying the Chiefs are uh, contacting teams about some of their top top receivers in an offense. Everyone jumps to the number one receivers in all these teams, but the report was top receivers, so like that could be any that, that could be any receiver on any team. So that's the report right now. Um, I think the betting the betting odds on us getting DK Metcalf went up big time today. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. There was a tweet last week from DK Metcalf saying he wasn't coming. Because someone said uh, a fan tweeted at him saying the door is open for you in Kansas City. He said you better you better shut it. I hear it gets pretty cold there. That's what he said. <laughs> Listen, I'm a politic. Okay, again, all right. Get that guy on the other side. Yep. The one that's been raised here in Kansas City. All right. <laughs> as far as it works business wise, it works right now. You know how he, he's already signed that deal. So if you give him a couple of draft picks. For a proven guy who's got the speed, who can run, who can catch, who can do all those things, Tyler Lockett will be a fit here. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's that's how I look at it. So I'm a politic for that, as opposed to decaf, a, a DK, you know. So I said decaf. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm a second that emotion. I'm a second that you know. Listen, man, we, we know we listen. I'm a close friend of Kevin Lockett. We both are. Uh, his son is amazing, man. He's a not only just a great football player, but a hell of a man in the community. Yes, sir. A great Christian brother, man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done everything right off the field. Yep. Uh, work hard. And he's shown, you know, every day he's been there in Seattle that he's about one thing. He's about working hard and, and taking care of his business. So you can't you can't knock that. Um, never never a show a showboat, never putting a, a, a spotlight on himself, not ever making, you know, any kind of public. Uh, decrees about you know how many times he touched the ball or the ball not coming his way or pounding on his chest. Oh uh, man, he goes out there and runs Chris routes. Whether he's open or not, he right. runs his routes. Yes. Right. right. Like somebody gonna see me. They will see me. Well, you throw it my way or not. I'm gonna run this route and I'm gonna embarrass this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I can joke with him a little bit, like, hey man, you know I was open. You know, you know you can't you ain't come me yet all day. I mean, they might have to throw it to me, but you ain't come me all day. And uh, there's not many DBs that can cover him. Uh, for a duration of the game. So, yeah, that would be a great addition um, if we want to keep it personal. It's, it's, it's actually one of the sons of one of our friends. Yes. Yeah, and he's under contract till 2026, so I think that's a perfect move for us. So, uh, Veach, if you're watching this, let's bring uh, Tyler Lockett. Do what you got to do to get him. We have 12 draft picks. You're not going to use all 12 draft picks. Let's send a couple over uh, to Seattle's way for uh, Tyler. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, so, okay, now we're going to go to the uh, the next topic, which is defense, which a lot of people said that the, the Tyree Kill move was made. You know, we talk about bringing in other things, you know, having multiple Porsches instead of, you know, um, one uh, Ferrari. Um, so right now, uh, the, the Chiefs have been in talks, uh, reportedly in talks of uh, Stephon Gilmore, cornerback uh, for the Panthers, uh, played for uh, the Patriots. Uh, he's currently a free agent, and as well as um, – uh, Giants cornerback James Bradbury, who the Giants are trying to ship off right now. Um, we are trying to uh, reports are right now that we are trying to work with them on uh, bringing down his cap number and also trying to figure out what kind of pick to send over to the Giants to, br- to bring in Bradbury. Um, so that's that's the big key right now. A lot of people, a lot of chief accounts, insider accounts, as they say, they said that deal was supposed to be done yesterday. Obviously, nothing's come through yet. Um, so that's still out there. So it's between Gilmore and Bradbury. Uh, and then also another underrated signing, which a lot of people weren't talking about last week uh, amidst, you know, MVS and the Tyreek Hill deal was bringing in Jermaine Carter Jr., linebacker from Carolina. I uh, played college ball in Maryland. He's a DMV product. 
Um, so we love naturally. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. DMV, baby. <laughs> we love the DMV guys around here. Um, uh, so that, that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. You know, we lost Hitchens. We lost Neiman. Bring in uh, Jermaine Carter. Um, he's coming off a career year. He had 80 tackles or 88 tackles last year. Um, so we brought him in on a one-year deal. So, Sean, I'm going to ask you, what do you make of us looking at Gilmore and Bradbury and us bringing in uh, Jermaine Carter to fill the uh, the other linebacker role? I think, I mean, with all veteran corners, I think you got to look at them. Um, and to me, I look at them not with the hopes of signing them. I look at them just so I know in case I have to face them, I want to know what they got left in the tank. Um, it's more so me being aware of my enemies and using this offseason as a, a purely a true tool of evaluating, evaluating everybody we might see. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I like what our defense looks like with veteran safeties and young corners. Um, and I say veteran safeties, I know Juan Thornhill isn't the oldest safety, but um, coming out of UVA, he's, he's, he's definitely matured well and he showed to be a high level um, playmaker. I'm pairing him up with Reed, um, bringing that, that, that young man from Carolina. Uh, man, Reed is a, he's a special cat, dog. Like I'm talking about intellectually, he is, uh, man, he might be the one of, one of me. One of the smartest guys I've met off the field, um, and he's all about his business. And so I don't think he's going to have any problems learning Spags' defense, um, knowing all the nuances. Um, even as a first-year guy in that defense, um, I think he'll know how to get everybody lined and assigned in, 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 in the right place. Um, for that third safety spot, I, I still think we can wait in the draft. Uh, there's a young man from Michigan, Knicks. I'm hoping he'll still be around and pick 29 or so. This guy, man, from an from athleticism standpoint, jumps off the – I mean, he jumps off the board. Um, but I, I do think that we're going to use most of our draft capital to um, find an edge rusher. So whether we uh, take another Michigan guy who got hurt, um, uh, Jobo, um, you know, he's, he's going to slide down because of his injury. Um, whether you go with uh, edge rusher out of – I got an edge rusher. Uh, Jackson out of USC or another one, Sanders out of Cincy. Um, I think all those guys will be available uh, second round. Um, as picks, uh, but there's a there's a dark horse guy I got, uh, Alex Wright out of UAB. Um, I think that he, I, I, I mean, I, I think that he, he played in a conference that maybe doesn't get all the clout as the uh, SEC and, and some of these other conferences, the ACC and stuff. But man, this guy, I mean, he he looks all the part to me. Um, look, looks he looks like he posted went to Georgia. He looked like he he was one of these them Georgia got these three freak athletes to coming on that D line. And Alex looked like he could he could fit in right with these guys, um, and so I think he's going to have a, a tremendous upside. Somebody going to get a steal of a pick, um, second, third round with this young man. I think he can touch the field right away um, and kind of fit that uh, a human Yora role in Spags' defense. So I'm, I'm 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 very eager to see what we do in the draft as far as edge rusher. But you know, you talk about uh, Jermaine Carter. Junior coming from a friendship high school. I had actually his, his uh, school school classmate of mine at U of University of Richmond, a running back named Manoso Rogers. Actually, was one of his coaches down at Friendship High School in Maryland. Um, he said, "Man, he said the young man is just a workaholic. Man, he always get he's, he hasn't been given anything in life. Works for everything he's ever uh, achieved. And I think this is just another opportunity for him to. Uh, he's on a prove it year, right? Prove it contract, a one year deal." Um, you know, hey, man, go out there and showcase. He's going to have to – I mean, you know, with Spags, we, we do things. With, uh, we take out uh, our two starting linebackers, and we used to put Neiman in there to be a, a kind of a dime package. I think we called it a 4-6-1 package. 
um, a 40 lineman, six DBs, and one linebacker. So I think this young man comes in. If he can show that sideline to sideline, that, that pass progression, um, be able to uh, decipher screens and, and know how to stay underneath coverage, uh, maybe be a spy when, when necessary. Um, I think he can he can fit that role. He shows he's a phenomenal special teamer. Um, so I think he, he's coming here with a niche, a uh, little, 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 little chip on his shoulder and can, can light it up, man, here in Kansas City. Uh, Spag's got a, a very aggressive defense. I, I don't think for any uh, – that's not a surprise to everybody. We, we always wanted a top as far as blitz and pe- pressure packages. Uh, we believe in a lot of man coverage. I think we, we always try to pick out some young guys in that second and third day um, that have these physical skills to jump off the table. Some cornerbacks, uh, some DBs, and just our physical freaks as far as mirror technique, foot speed. Uh, maybe for whatever reason they fall down because of off-the-field stuff or they're in the wrong division, the wrong conference. Man, I guess when you get to the league, don't nobody care where you went to school. University of Richmond product. Eastern <laughs> Kentucky product. Right. Don't know when you get on that field, man. That don't white lines don't they don't care. That grass, that that don't care where you went to school at. Right. So I mean, you got to eat up that grass just like everybody else. Get that guy down. Yeah. Um, you got to be able to mirror, run, make a ball, high point, intercept things you ask from a cornerback to do. Uh, it don't. It don't. It obviously don't. It don't matter what college you went to no more. And so I think that's what you know. Brett Beach has shown a a talent for finding some young guys um, like the Jarius Sneed. Um, like uh, Fenton, James Madison product. Um, so, again, I, I think that's kind of the where this defense is headed. I think we're going to get a lot younger. I think we'll get a lot faster, be, be ultra aggressive. Uh, but I think we might be just kicking the tires on some of these uh, veteran cornerbacks like uh, uh, Gilmore and, and Bradbury. Uh, you know what? I, uh, I'm looking at, man, look, we know what Gilmore can do, you know, and, and because of the injury, you know, we had to look at, you know, his age, right? How is he going to be able to, you know, to kind of come back? Is he going to be able to sustain, you know, the type of production that you want from that guy over the years? Bradbury makes a little bit more sense because he's younger. We know, we know that. He's 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 a Pro Bowl guy. Uh, he might be able to make a deal. We, we Now we have a little bit more kind of a, a relationship because Catholic is up there in New York and then, you know, how these things work, kind of get me in. Like, what, what do you think? How does this guy really look? What, do you, what can we do? to kind of help ourselves out. And so, I, you know, I like, you know, Bradbury, I think he could come in, man, and, and absolutely uh, be a force. And I think a guy who, who, who without a doubt, is becoming a young star uh, would help out our defense tremendously. Like you said, Reed being in the, in, in, in the backside of it, uh, it definitely brings in, you know, the presence, like you said, uh, you know, with his intelligence, you know, football IQ on the field. Plus, his physical presence is going to be major. And that's, I think it's something that, you know, we've been looking for, especially something more consistent. And I know people over the past, people has been looking at that like, hey, that might be somewhat of a, a Achilles heel. Uh, but with this young guy coming in, I think, you know, Reed is, 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 is on point with it. Now, I don't know, quite know who's like in the draft, like, like Shop does, you know, because, you know, secondary is not really my forte. I kind of look and I look at these guys. But on my shop, you know, we we kind of did some scouting, and when we look at guys, like you said, it doesn't matter what what school you went to, is your skill set. Can you cover this guy? Can you cover Tyreek Hill on Sunday? Well, nobody can do that. But how, how about now? You get out there and get against you know Devontae Adams and all these guys. D Hop, can you get in front of this guy and not be intimidated? Like you said, can you can you knock the ball down at high point? Can you get into him when you need to? 
you know, are you understanding like the spacing that you need, especially in a defense? Uh, and, and that's what it all boils down to. So the physical nature of what guys can play with, guys going to be able to run a 4-4-4-3, okay? I need a thinking guys now. I need a guy to understand his space and where he, he's playing in relation to everybody else on the field because that's key. So sometimes uh, when you see kind of younger guys, they have to develop that speed of the game, but also, too, it's, it's the speed of the mind, processing everything faster, right? Because everything is just different from college when you come to the NFL. And so now you're going to start running a little bit more combination, you know, coverages, you know, some sometime maybe your technique where you didn't have to do somewhat. I always say this before, I, I always laugh at this because, you know, when you're going against a guy who was, uh, you know, taking basket weaving on the other side, you, you don't know how to really study him. But when a guy's sitting over here making $30 million a year who needs to eat, you, you better do your homework. You better be in there making sure that you got crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's when you're doing that. Now, with this whole getting all these draft picks, I've said, if it was my druthers, if I had it, I would go edge, edge, D-line, and then everybody else could, could kind of fall in. I think we still need a uh, linebacker, but we end up getting, uh, like you said, uh, my man from Carolina. So I think, he'll, yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll feel well in what we do. So maybe we might be good in that area. Uh, but when I'm looking at kind of guys that could fit into this defense, uh, and like you said, uh, Spags and, and, and Shop, you you played under uh, Spags, didn't you, on his defense? So you you kind of know what he's he's kind of geared toward. And when I'm seeing kind of defense guys, you know, you got to have kind of uh, versatile in some of the things that he wants you to do, right? And so when I'm looking kind of at the board, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, Boye Mafe, you know, it, it beat Tay. I like a beat Tay a lot. Um yeah, Kolopkis was at the Greek Freak. I like him a lot, man. I think you need some guys like high motor guys that's going to be able to get after him, right? It's like that. I think what I hated about Cincinnati's defense and the defensive line, they never gave up. They never quit. They was always coming. And you hate guys that's just always coming on the offense. You just know this guy like that guy. Like, is he getting up again? Yeah, he's getting up again. And he's going to keep coming. And you know you got to bring your lunch pail and hey, go ahead and buck your chin strap, and it's going to be a full day. You just know that. And this guy's not going to quit. And so that's what I like about the Greek Freak. Another guy, when I watched him, I watched him kind of in the in the, in the senior bowl, uh, just kind of going against guys and was watching a lot of his film, uh, is Logan Hall from Houston. You know, he's kind of a smaller, tweener type of guy, you know, kind of defensive end. He can play, you know, the 3-4 the if he wanted to. And so uh, he's another guy that's high motor, Gives a lot of you know a lot of energy to what you want to do. I think you need young guys that have that type of energy, and I, I and I think at least from my estimation, people may have a different opinion, but I think sometimes uh, we we talked about the comfort. I think part of the comfort the defense had was well, we know we had an offense on the other side that's going to be able to score a wheel, and so sometimes what ends up happening is the defense kind of sits back on its laws, right? Oh well, we're just going to get a little pressure here. Now we need everybody coming. The full force each and every time. And I've seen when we played against Cincinnati, did that. Tennessee had guys like that. Buffalo Bills had guys like that. I mean, it, it was a rotation of young guys coming in that was hungry. And that's what you need. You need hungry, young guys that don't know enough to not be hungry, right? <laughs> and just, they, don't, you know, they, don't, they don't know nothing else but 100 miles an hour. And that's the guys that you want in that room. So 
sometimes when you when you make a whole lot of money, you put that it put it in your back pocket. You know, you'd be sitting back on it. Yeah, you know, and wallet gets a little heavy. So you, you you start sitting back on that wallet a little bit too much. You get a little bit too comfortable. So now, hey, we're gonna throw these guys some some raw red meat. Hey, go after it. Go get it. Just go. Just go. We just need for you to go. And so I think we're gonna have that hopefully in the draft uh coming up. But that's what I would go, man. I'm I'm looking edge, edge, defense alignment, that tweener guy we needed to to really kind of round out what we want to do. And I think the Spags have some new toys. Like I said, some new guys, some new dogs to take off the leashes to just say, let's just go and rotate guys in. That's going to help out and make the defense look, you know, significantly better, especially with the addition, like I said, of uh, of Reed. And I, I hopefully we'll get, you know, like I said, maybe Bradbury here. Gilmore, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Uh, and uh, hey, I can't keep thinking of the linebacker's name. Uh, yes, and Carter here. So I think Veach has maneuvered himself in a way that puts him in the right place. I, I wasn't quite, I wasn't quite getting it before, man. I was like pulling my dreads out. I think I still got a few left, but I was before I was like, man, what's going on? What are we doing? I, you know, do, do I need to go have a conversation with somebody, knock on a couple of doors? Do I need to go sit in barbershop over and go, you know, tell somebody? You know what's going on? Like JD's going crazy over here in Kentucky, man. We, we need to start doing something. So I think it's kind of what, what we're looking at a, at a younger defense kind of coming in uh, that's going to be able to uh, uh, bolster what we do right now with these guys that we brought in the free agency. So I think it's the direction he's going. And, and like you said last year, I remember during the watch, Washington draft when you and I were texting. Talked about like Buffalo Bills just going after edge rushers. I think they went after two in the first three rounds of the draft. And you and I were like, I mean, there you go. They're, they're building their defense to go against us. And we, yeah. we were like, we need to be doing that. And so it looks like we'll probably be doing that this year. Hopefully. Hopefully we do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. We got the draft capital, 12 picks to be able to. We um, obviously, uh, you know, hopefully, maybe a Chiefs Concerns will have a draft special and stream live. You know, maybe during the draft and be able to uh, guess who we got out, you know, who's going to make what picks and stuff like that. Something like that would be exciting. Uh, but I do think with as much draft capital as Brett Beach has, uh, he can definitely tier his big board. And uh, when, when he gets down to having just about three or four guys he really likes, uh, he'll be able to move up, you know, uh, 10 spots or five spots. get right on the cusp of that and still get a high quality guy he wants uh, without taking a bunch of draft capital. Uh, versus waiting until 29 and 30 and have that, you know, just be lukewarm about some of the picks. Oh, man, take take that second-round pick and a six-round pick and move from 29 to, 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 to 19 and get that third pick the Eagles got. Uh, move up and get one of those, you know, second picks that the Giants or the Jets got. Uh, package some stuff out and get one of these uh, day one. No, I mean, this, this, this defense, um, yeah, it, it's thin at the quarterback position. But at the wide receiver position, at the edge rush position, at the defensive back position, and this this it's it's full of it. It's yeah. it's it's deep. You can find some really really good quality players. I'm um, always into the third and fourth round if you're talking about those positions. So, okay, what's the order? What's the draft order we're looking at right now? Who who's got the ter- top five picks? Is it Jacksonville? Uh, I know I, I should have it. I should have it here somewhere. Um. But if, like you said, the only way that now I was going to like who was moving up shop. So I said the only only guy I would move up for defensively 
would be Hutchinson. That would be it, you know, as far as defensive end wise. I mean, I, that, that's the guy I think is a, you know, kind of a no-brainer, you know, a no-miss guy. Uh, He's going first. He's going first. You got it. You heard it. Hutchinson, no brainer. That dude is twitching. He got yeah. a three cone. He got a short shuttle. He jumps off the, all the metrics. I don't, don't, don't know. <laughs> it's a done deal for me. I ain't, I ain't seen many cats like that. You're right. You cut from a different ball. Yes. Yes. I said, I said, unless a guy named Hutchinson, I ain't moving up at all. I think we look, we'll wait for guys kind of falling on our lap. I think we're in a good position. Uh, so that's, that's kind of where I am. Uh, and I think that's how Mr. That's how Mr. Trey is. It's Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, the Jets, the Giants. Okay. Then Carolina, the Giants again, uh, Atlanta, then Seattle's taking Denver's pick, and then the Jets again. Okay. Would you trade up for uh, for uh, for Thibodeau if like, let's say we with the Giants? The Giants say they're they're looking to move their five or seven uh, pick overall. So uh-huh. would, you, would you move up to get Thibodeau, the uh, the edge rusher from Oregon? Uh, I like him. I like him. Uh, I like him. I do. I don't know. If we move up for. I, I. You know. I like him. I do. I'll say that. I like him. But I think. Katie, how much does it bother you when they asked him about not going to Alabama, and he was like, uh, "Players that go to Alabama are only concerned about playing football." And that's why he didn't go to Alabama. Did that did that did that comment concern you? Not not at all. Not at all. Not 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 one bit. That one. That I mean, one, one. For a top five pick, and, and you and you concerned about other things. I mean, we about to make you an instant millionaire. So right. I don't know if I can have you focus on any. I mean, I, and the reality is that a lot of guys probably felt that exact way. Mm-hmm. The fact that you had the nerve to say it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fact well, that you, I mean, like, man, that might be your truth. Why are you saying it? Like what? What, what do you what, you know? Why are you saying it? But, but the, it was like the same thing with uh, what's his name? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. But, Trevor Lawrence is like, hey man, look, I, I just want to go out and have what? Baby, hold on, we thinking about taking you first? Like play it off if we want to, please. Just let us feel better about this, okay? So we're not thinking that you you're gonna grow your hair all the way out to be in a band somewhere, right? Or you become a rock star, you know, one day and say, hey, I man, I'm, I'm done with this. No, no. <laughs> We're going to throw you a whole lot of money. Say the right things, right? We all know to go in and I went in, man. If I could have, when I went in my uh, uh, my combine uh, uh, interviews, I would have went in with a three-piece suit, you know. With <laughs> business. This is all business. I'm going to take care of business. Right. Wants me. I'm here to take care of business. Right, right. That's it. That's it, man. Now, it, it, it would surprise me, though. I, I do believe there's some some guys, some names jumping up the draft board a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the quarterback from Liberty, um, Malik. Um, obviously, the, the the safety from North, uh, Notre Dame, Hamilton. And then any of those, you know, like you're saying, it's, it's three or four offensive tackles that, you know, all, teams are always looking for that next offensive tackle. So um, there's a chance that uh, Thibodeau actually – you know, does still be around come pick six or seven if people are concerned about that 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 comment. I mean, I, I think the, the thing that scares me about him is if you look at him as being the next um, uh, who's a young man from South Carolina that's a free agent. Clowney. Um, yeah, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's so much so much talent, but you're always a little bit concerned about Clowney's like his desire, his 
his effort, his, you know, how bad, I mean, once he got paid, how bad did he really want it? Because it doesn't look like all those God-given abilities and traits are actually, you know, being able to be transferred to the football field. Um, so, you know, if you get being compared to that guy, you get a little bit nervous about, you know, these general managers picking the top 10. Uh, ain't none of them on, on, on a comfort seat. They all on the hot seat at this moment. Right, right. Yeah. But like you said, there's a lot of names moving up. And so I think the Chiefs are men in a great position. I, I, they really are. Man, with just the, the multitude of picks, right, just gives you that flexibility, right? You know what I'm saying? So that, that's that's what I love about it. It's just, you know, the flexibility you have in, you know, to make moves if you need to, uh, to get the guys that you want. So, and it's not, you know, in the Brett Veach era, we've traded the first round pick a few times. So, I mean, this is, you know, it's kind of rare to have two first round picks in the, you know, this, this year and then two in the second round. So it's, it's going to be fun. First time in a while, it's going to be fun to watch the draft as a Chief fan. <laughs> um, yeah. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Okay, so final topic tonight before we get out of here. Um, so uh, this week, the NFL voted to change the overtime rules. Um, so now uh, both teams will get a chance to get a possession in overtime in the postseason only, not regular season. Um, most Chief fans remember we proposed this a few years ago after we lost the AFC Championship game. I think only two other teams voted for that. Um, but then at, we, we do it to the Buffalo Bills. Everyone gets a – yeah, it's an outcry, a public outcry over this. And then I think, what, the 29 teams voted for it the other day? Um, so just in general, what do you guys think of the rule change that both teams will be able to get the possession in overtime in the postseason? I, look, I, I, I think, uh, to be honest – uh, make it for playoffs. I, I don't think uh, not really bothered by it, to be honest with you. I, th I think really uh, it, it's fair. I, I think it's fair. Uh, the thing is, nobody was singing about this when the Chiefs, you know, came up and it, it you know, it, it hurt them. Okay, fine. We'll play by your rules. Next thing, we hit you over the head with it. Eh, wait a minute, hold on. That ain't fair. Whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. That was the same guys that were sitting there telling yeah, you know, play by the rules. Everything. Look, man, I, I was hearing that from everywhere. But, you know, I'm not even on Facebook, and I was hearing people on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how bad it was. I ain't even on Facebook. So it, that's the that's the, the the hypocrisy to me. Okay, it's playing with that. So it's like, wait, a minute, okay, now, okay, now we're gonna make it fair because now all of a sudden, you've seen how it worked out. You've seen guys who were getting the uh, the coin toss. I forget what they said. It was like twelve out of something. You know, that won the coin toss, 
it was somewhat like, like a high percentage that whoever got the points out was, you know, I guess primarily to win. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly the percentage. Don't know what's high, and so uh, I think it's fair. I think you got to give guy, you know, teams a chance. I, I, I hate that where you know the team is 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 doing well, they're cooking, you know, that you're just sitting back and you're just watching this wreck, and it's like, man, I can't do nothing about it, and you negate. You know, a team when you put like Patrick Mahomes or, you know, of course with Buffalo, you know, put Josh Allen on the bench, and it's like I want to be able to do something about it. I played such a great game, and now all of a sudden I can't be in the mix to to you know help with the outcome. So I, I think that's a good. Uh, I think it's a good decision, uh, but I'm kind of like Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin didn't like it because he didn't feel like it was consistent across the board. He's like, look, regular games you're not doing it. So why is it all of a sudden it's just particular to playoff games? Why don't you just make it a, a rule across the board for everybody, which I agree with. I, I mean, just, just make it a rule. Make it a rule for everybody. Don't just do the playoffs particularly. Make it for Because the thing is, if you think about it, because it determines who goes to the playoffs, right? That, that's a win-win. So you got to make sure it's consistent across the board. So I, I agree with Mike on that, man. But I think it's a good rule. Fine. Everybody wants to play now. Now you're washing your hands of it. Everybody sees the light. I get it. You ain't seen the light. Cool. We'll play by the rules then. That's that's fine. I ain't got no problem with it. John? Yeah, I mean, I'm an old school guy. I mean, it's a lot of rules. I wish they would just wash away, just turn the clock back and let them play like it was in the uh, 90s and stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, a lot of overprotecting the quarterback. A lot of, I mean, listen, blind side block, blind side block, receiver. Crack back blog, all that was legal when I played. So, you know, if you don't want to get hit that way, keep your head on the swivel. Like, it's a way. If you don't want you, if you don't want your receivers to get hit, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, 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 a defenseless receiver. Yeah. Ain't no, ain't nobody step on that field and don't understand the ball isn't hiking. It's time to go play. Ain't nobody defenseless. Okay. Right. If you running crossing routes, you supposed to stop against what zone coverage? You supposed to stop. Man, you run away. Everybody knows the deal. And you decide to run through a zone. When you get to the other side of the zone, you get lit up. Mm-hmm. Ain't no, ain't no, you want defenses. You, you know, you knew you was on the, on the playing field. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm back. But, man, let's go back to football the way it used to be. I don't want to hear this stuff about, no, uh, the, the owners trying to protect us and save our bodies. Because you can't extend the league by another game. In, 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 in hopes to extend it to now 18 games and then talk about you're going to take away uh, kickoff returns and take away a couple of, uh, 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 you know, shots, low shots and head shots, but you're going to make me play eight more quarters? In a right. season, you, you I got to play two more whole games, but you telling me you're making it safer for me by uh, 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 increasing the chance of a t- touchdown? Come on, man. That don't, that just don't even make common sense. So, I mean, I listen, the, the, the play – Overtime, do what you want with it. I was cool with the way it was. Man, listen, it ain't supposed to be fair. It's a coin flip. Either you win or you lose, you still got a chance to go out there and battle. It ain't like you flip the coin and whoever win, win the game. Yeah, I can understand being salty about that. But, man, your defense had a chance to go out there and play. And if you're too afraid to go blitz every down and they nickel and dime you all the way down the field and go score a touchdown, then that's your own fault. Yeah, some cojones. Let them hang a little bit. Call some pressures. Hey, man, listen, we ain't going – like, you're going to either – I'm going zero. And you either, I'm going to get 
the quarterback and get him, cause a big play, or you going downtown, and then I got somebody that can either make a play or knock it away. I ain't letting you dink dunk me eight yard, eight yard, eight yard, eight yard, throw a touchdown, and then I don't never get to touch the ball. And my defense went wore out from, from, from 65, 70 snaps on the game. No, man, I'm going out swinging. If I'm out there on the defense first, you get zero. You, I'm coming after you. I'm going back to that Jim Johnson, nine guys at the line of scrimmage. Right? I got B Dog in the back. I got Bobby Taylor over here. I got Dirty One on the other side, and everybody else coming. That's the way I'm playing. And so, yeah. man, listen, they can have, they can do whatever they want. I do agree, like what, what JD said. If you're gonna do it, it, it should be the whole season. You shouldn't, you shouldn't force guys to have to change their mindset just for the playoffs. Like that's something different than any other game, right? Just, just keep it consistent. Whatever the rules are, let the rules be. Change them. For the whole season, at the end of the year, if you don't like it, change your back. As long as we all know what the rules are when the season starts and play about them, I'm all for it. Yeah. So now, now you see, it's no question who the hype guy on defense was, right? Now we see it with <laughs> Hey, hey, let's bring the noise. Let's bring the noise. I don't care. Hey, man, go for it, coach. You go for it on fourth down. I don't care what part of the field. When, when it's defense time to roll, sudden change. Hey, Warfield, let's go, boy. Let's go. Hey, hey, I hope you call the crazy blitz. Let's go. Up zero. Crazy all day. Let's go. Let's bring it. The shot got me going. I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Worst case scenario, what? They go up top. I always get the ball back with some time. I'm, I'm, I am not playing no, 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 no soft defense where you're going to dictate what you're going to do. You know, you, you get five yards here, seven yards here, first down right. here. We, we on a 12-play drive. Like, what are we doing out here for 12 plays? Yeah, you had a chance to defend them. Come on now. You had a chance to hit them, hit them in their mouth the whole time. So, don't yeah, don't give me none of that. Well, we need a chance. You need a chance. You have one. Shoot, your defense out here. <laughs> get their back beat in. Talk to them guys, right? Come on. When they when they won the coin toss, did your defense go in the locker room? And they, and they, 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 did, they did a 7-on-7 against air or something? Like, well, how did they score? Was your defense out there? Yeah, okay, we'll make the play. Just because right. you're too scared to run a blitz. Oh, you know, they've been eating us up all day. Well, what do you, you think gonna change now? Keep running that soft bread and butter defense. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the Bills case, they had 13 seconds to stop it from going to overtime. So oh man. Don't <laughs> Again, that no, man, don't get yeah, me don't, started on that number yeah, one ranking. That, right. <laughs> <laughs> that number one, the coach coming in with the number one ranked defense. I'm like, man, do y'all know who they played against all <laughs> right. season long? They right. ate they ate on bottom feeders the whole season long to keep them stats the way they were. Like, man, it's nothing about that defense that looked number one. They they might have been like five to six, but probably more likely like nine or ten. Yeah. If you really got down to it. But mm -hmm. hey man, everybody read those stats whatever way they need to feel good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, the, the one thing uh, you kind of mentioned, Mike Tomlin, what he said that it should have been all year long. And, and I agree. I, I think it, it is kind of half-assed in a way where it's like, okay, let's say both teams score in, in overtime and then it goes to sudden death. So really let's say both teams score. They both get the chance. Then it goes back to what it was originally. So I really don't feel like it, it changed enough. I mean, to, to kind of, you know, figure out this whole balance of it. I, I think they were going to change it. They should just change it flat out and go to college rules or something that's, going to avoid this whole sudden death aspect, which is what they're trying to go away from. So that, that's the part that doesn't make any sense to me. 
man, it, you know, all it was is you're trying egos. to. Yeah. Egos. That's, that's, right, right. The, the right. NFL can't never copy what no other league doing. They don't want to be, no. Oh, yeah. you copying the rules of the, of the cop? Oh, no, we ain't copying them. We ain't doing that even right. If they, even if they really think that's the right way to do it, the egos won't let them do it. Mm-mm. Yeah. And so they, they just taking account of certain ones, like, hey, you know, we got to play this like this way. And okay. Yeah, we, 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 we good with it. Come on, man. Like you said, now it goes to sudden death anyway. So what, what we doing? So. <laughs> What do we, but hey, but JD, we still trying to do player safety though. Right, we still want right. to play. We still, we still <laughs> keep the game short for y'all because it's about you know what I'm saying keeping y'all. Mm-hmm. So you telling me in week 20 of the season, right, deep in the playoffs, now we're gonna play an extra 10 minutes of football because you you because you think that this is right to do. Come on, man. Right, right. Hell, it just don't make sense. I was going to say, how about you propose bonuses if you had to go in the, the extra time? I guarantee the rules will change in. Yeah, that would now we talk about. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, that's it. We're going to give them extra play, money? Yeah, if, yeah. You play, if, if you play an extra half, of over, an extra quarter, then you get a bonus, uh, whatever your game check is, you get another half of that. There you go. Hey, right. <laughs> Just flip a coin. Whoever win, win. We ain't paying no extra money these guys. It was be like this when it. Well, we gonna track that in. Forget that rule. Like these jokers want some more money. Nah, right. overtime is free. That's that free. That's that volunteer work. Right. Oh. Yeah. Dominic Foxworth on. I uh, was watching ESPN earlier. He, he suggested uh, doing a uh, a shootout with the kickers. And he said, do that instead of you. We're talking about because I think he was making a joke of player safety. It was, we want to talk about player safety, you know, and making making the league fun. Let's just go let's resort to uh, sh- uh, shootouts with the kickers. You know, get, get them off their butts actually doing something is what he, what he, he kind of alluded to. <laughs> I don't know how JD feel about kickers, but I figured, I think this is a PG uh, program. So you really don't want to feel like about kickers. <laughs> Number one, I have a uh, Dustin Cole quick. That's the only one I like. Dustin Cole is the only kicker I like. I like. Yeah, and he was a punter. <laughs> so, so there's how many kickers I like zero. I work, I work my butt off all week for you to sit over there playing grab. You know what? On the sideline, playing bowling ball with the footballs all practice long, and then in the fourth quarter we need you to make a kick, and you shank a twenty yard up, ain't make a thirty yard. Come on, man, do your job. Yeah. I look for. I, I've been fortunate to play with some really great kickers. Oh, shop, Mort Anderson, Gary Anderson. I like Chris Bonio. So I, I, we have some good guys, man. Some good kickers. You know what I mean? Some, some really, uh, Lawrence Times. We got, we got name LT. Don't start me in LT. I ain't start with LT. <laughs> I love him like a brother. That's why I hate him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you told me that funny story with that. That, that it was that, that Raiders game where um, that, that, that got for Mill, for to kind of yell at Times to get, to get off the field. Well, what was that story again? That was a good, that was a good one. Well, it was, it was the one uh, that he he said he got mad at somebody. He said, man, that's all. It's your one job. Oh, to kick the ball. All you have to do is kick the ball. That's it. You got one job. One job only. Make the kick. And he, he coached me on hated kickers. He could not stand kickers <laughs> at all. At all. I, he, and he, he let you know it, too. He let them know it. So. That's not yeah. out the coach for me, a Hall of Famer, man. Hall of Famer. Good bless. Bless. Yes, sir. Congratulations, Coach. Yes, 
All right, fellas, well, that does it. That comes to the end of our show. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Concerns, presented by Bet Online. Sean, it was awesome having you on, uh, filling in for Eric tonight. It was amazing, man. L- love talking ball. Appreciate it, my brother. No, no, love no. you, man. Love you, Shop, my brother. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man. Hey, man, we always know we are brothers keeper, man. Iron sharpens iron. Yes, sir. Iron sharpens yeah, iron. You carry that verse every day with all you do in the community and out here with these young men. So you just keep you keep sharpening them blades and preparing. So we, whatever whatever is the next page, not Man, I hope I just wish you all the best with all your endeavors, and uh, hopefully we get all these listeners to subscribe, tweet, repost, talk about it to your friends at the cooler at work. It's Chief's concern, baby. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, love you, shot man. Continue to be in the salt and the light, my brother. We all know that, man. We always know that. All right, all right fellas. John, right. we'll see you, buddy. All right, man. Y'all have a blessed night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.